0: You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Sobriety with me, Ari Eastman. I may sound chipper, but I am not (laughs) because, uh, yeah, for the obvious, for the obvious, which would be the overturning of... Roe versus Wade, which undoes, like, half a century of protected law for people with uteruses to have bodily autonomy and a decision over both something medical and their life. Um, And obviously, like, actually, like, majority of this country, because... The irony of the fact that we go on and on and on about democracy and that this was a decision made (laughs) by, let's see, how many justices? It was five? Yeah, it was five to four. So, you know, five to four ruling overturned law of the land, which by and large majority of people support. And people of different uh, political affiliations, religious ideologies, like majority of people in this country believe in a person's right to choose and having the option of abortion. Because abortion, like many other things, falls under health care. And to take that right away and let it be up to states is very scary has real life consequences um is dangerous and you know i live in california so i i i get to exist with all this privilege and i'm very aware of the fact that here i feel so distraught and hopeless and like empty and really gutted i also recognize that there is privilege in me getting to feel that way because there are people especially black women and brown women and you know people of color in this country particularly people of color with uteruses who never felt safe and that is a privilege that I have had to be like oh I can't believe this has happened and again it is something that is not going to affect me in the immediate because I live in California and I don't really know what else there is to say that hasn't already been said a thousand more times more eloquently and by smarter people, better researched people. I just it's it's hard. Honestly, like I was really really not looking forward to sitting down and recording a podcast. And I feel like I just had this I just had this feeling with, you know, one of the one of the many, take your pick, one of the many mass shootings that also has happened in this country where I just thought like I don't want to sit down and record a podcast. I don't want to just talk about myself and my life and just talk to the void because what is there to say and that is how I've been feeling and I think uh, something too if I'm being completely honest with the heaviness of everything I for the first time in a really long time had a moment where I thought I wish I could get drunk right now and that's not a feeling I typically have and don't worry I didn't The urge came. I, you know, recognized that it was there. Um, I went for a walk. I got a donut. I did other things. But it really sucks when that comes back because it's, it's like tapping into this deep well of grief within me and within a lot of us. And it's feeling this grief and knowing there's no real way through the grief so what do you want to do with that grief well you want to drown it out you want to drown it out and i did try with the donut i did try um and that is what so much of drinking became at the at towards the end because i had made myself so miserable kind of through drinking that it's this cognitive dissonance of just you know continuing to drown it out even though it is bringing you more pain and you know i have to I, most days, I don't have to remind myself of that most days in sobriety I still have I still have my struggles and my issues, and I think something that's important is to know that like your recovery and sobriety and whatever that thing is that you are working on to better yourself, it doesn't take away all the other things like it doesn't eliminate all of the all of the all of the things that led to that place like you know i still struggle with my anxiety i still struggle with depression i still have days where i may not like something about myself or you know the grief right just the trauma of losing my dad like there are so many things that that will always continue to live with us but it's just like it's just figuring out a new coping method really right it's it's not leaning on the destructive coping mechanisms as much as it is the healthier ones and I always say right sometimes there's ones that are in the middle maybe it's not the healthiest but it's not you know ruining your life and but the the, the heaviness and the feeling like what's the fucking point and when I get that way when I get that feeling of apathy apathy boredom loneliness those are my very very dangerous cocktails. Those are the feelings that make me go, "Well, what's the point?" And I don't want like I don't want to feel these feelings because sometimes the apathy, and that's really what a lot of depression is, sometimes that lack of feeling anything is also so isolating and painful and like when you feel gutted, I I used to always compare depress- depression to like Feeling like kind of like a jack-o'-lantern where maybe on the outside I look you know you, you you look normal you got the smile but the inside someone has just scooped out you know all your pumpkin innards scooped it and scooped it and so that you just you have nothing inside and that nothingness is very it's a, it's a terrible feeling. I would rather, you know, I used to always be like, you know, super melodramatic with, with dating and be like, I'd rather, I'd rather be heartbroken a million times than to just feel nothing for someone, you know? And it's true. Like I would always be like when, if a guy broke up with me or, you know, who I, or I had unrequited love, like I loved the yearning of it. Like, cause that's still a feeling. That's an intensity. There's like passion there. When you're devoid of all of that, it, I don't know you almost feel like less than human and I just had that feeling and again not for myself so much because I know that I'll be able to get an abortion should I ever need one I know that I would financially be able to I would have friends and family who I could tell and would support me and love me and again I live in California where I would be protected but that helplessness for just other people is a lot, and I think we have, <clears throat> I think we have this universal kind of not well, not universal because there's plenty of people celebrating, but this collective emptiness and rage too. Don't get me wrong, rage. I have felt all of the, you know, the different stages of grief, right? Uh, depression, anger, rage and i don't know like it's just it's been a lot and i think for people in recovery it it it's very overwhelming because you know you know that thing that you could do that would give you a moment of release. You already know it. But then that moment turns into horrible consequences and horrible pain and and, and worse things down the road and but it's it's really kind of a mind fuck to be like to get stuck on on that moment and i i had that like i said and i'm just being honest with you guys i had that feeling and I just started visualizing like going to like a wine bar and just sitting up at the front and like just having a couple glasses of wine and then I'd start chatting with someone and you know, whatever. And I if I kept playing the tape, as they say, play the tape, I know what happens. I embarrass myself. I f- have sex with someone I don't want to. I wake up the next day hungover, full of shame, having no idea who I messaged, who I talked to, feeling like shit and the hatred starts to plant a seed again. And I've gotten rid of that hatred. Like, there is no hatred. I, do I do things like, we all have things we don't like about ourselves, but I can truly say, I have no hatred for myself. And when I was drinking, when I was in my active addiction, I had so much hatred. And it started slow, and it built that, I you know, I planted that seed, and I watered it. I watered it with alcohol. And it grew and grew and grew to the point where I fucking hated myself and I don't feel that. So that's what I have to tell myself, right? Like even if I have a moment where I go, God, I don't want to feel this anymore. I want to feel that like moment of elation that I know is only going to last 30 minutes because that's all the happiness that alcohol, it's thir- you get you get like 30 minutes of that dopamine release. And really that's what I'm looking for, right? Is a dopamine release. But it's just it's a lot, and I just want you to know that if you are also struggling to stay sober, if maybe you haven't you're not even struggling, maybe you're you're sober and you've been sober for a long time, but you're just having that heaviness. Um, I see you, and I understand. and um, I don't have advice, I don't have words of wisdom. I don't really have anything other than as human beings, we are resilient and we we keep getting up and making our breakfast and loving people that we love and it's not a lot but it is but it is amazing that human beings continue to we continue to show up and we do make change and you know continue to speak out and Not only when something affects you, remember to fight for marginalized people who are going to be at the greatest risk for trans people. Uh, You know, and I've been, one of the things too is that I think well-intentioned, and this is something I would have done probably years ago, I've I've been trying to be really careful in my language too to say people with uteruses because I also know how painful this time has been for, um, for non-binary folks or people or maybe trans men who have the capability of getting pregnant. And it's just like sometimes people I think get overwhelmed and they're like, oh, I can't keep up. I can't do all of these things. These are the smallest of things to do to try to have inclusive language and to try and be better. And it's okay if you fuck up. You know, don't be defensive if someone points it out thank someone for teaching you I've had so many teaching moments in my life um and so I've just been I've been trying I've tried I've been trying really hard to make sure that I am inclusive in my language because I don't want to add to pain and um yeah I don't know I don't know it's just it's a lot and I'll probably do a more in-depth episode but I've also been thinking a lot about my body and like sexuality and intimacy and all the ways that's changed for me since getting sober and you know I I, for a long time I I made jokes and I'm like oh like you know I I haven't dated really I mean I have dated since being sober but I haven't had sex with anyone since getting sober anyone knew I had a boyfriend for a little bit during the my first month first couple months of sobriety but I am a different person and I think my sexuality and and all of these things have have changed with me in sobriety and i do feel in some ways like i am like this like <laughs> like awkward teenage girl again where i don't know what i like and i don't know what i want and i have jokingly been like well at some point i got to get back out there at some point i got to have sex again but but in i think i have taken this time and i think my body has been healing and I don't think I still don't think I've unpacked how intertwined some things with with sex and drinking have been I mean the more obvious ones I know right like I know times I was violated but how about the times I drank and I I wanted someone to think I was cool and I went along with something but was it actually pleasurable for me and all of these things that I'm really like looking at now with clarity because that's what sobriety is it's clarity and i'm able to listen to my body and my body hasn't wanted to have sex and yeah it's been a couple years and i used to always think like you know and i have i have fears sometimes i'm like is this my body healing is my sexuality changing is this sobriety do i have a hormone issue like you know is this bir- a side effect of birth control who the fuck knows but i i am starting to look at it like i will listen to my body and my body will let me know and for now it just wants to stay in the safe place that it's been and i don't need to put pressure on it or myself and even and i've changed again i've changed and i think i keep comparing and thinking about who i was both before I ever developed a drinking issue and then during it and those are those are there's three different people in that there's me before drinking there's me during drinking and there's me after drinking and it's okay that they are different people and um yeah i don't know uh, this was a very chaotic episode i'm not you know feeling the best i don't think i'm going to do a pink cloud because i don't really have a pink cloud of the week However, the good news is I believe my mom is going to be on next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. Love you. Take care of yourself. Be safe. And um, leave a five-star review. (laughs) Can you imagine? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you could if you want to, but that was a joke. All right. Love you. Bye.